They're finally in Phoenix, or they finally landed in Phoenix late last night after all the weather issues around the area. Fog specifically. So the Liberty Flames, they are there. The Oregon Ducks getting there on Tuesday. And both teams preparing for the Fiesta Bowl. And joining us now to look ahead to that matchup, friend of ours here in the fast lane from collegefootballnetwork.com. We hope he had a Merry Christmas as Oliver Hodgkinson is back with us. Ollie, a pleasure to speak with you. First of all, a belated Merry Christmas to you and yours and seasons, bowl seasons that is, seasons greetings. Yeah, definitely bowl seasons greetings. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours, Ed, and uh, great to be back on the show. Really looking forward to talking about the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, we've, we've talked about Liberty a few times this season, and uh, it's all coming to a, a climax, a culmination on, on Monday afternoon. That is the big time, or I guess, you know, morning if you're out in Phoenix, which I'll be and many of our listeners may be as well. Uh, But, Ali, for Liberty themselves, this coming bowl matchup kind of underscores a bigger point that you mentioned, uh, and that is the enjoyment of bowl season. Different programs clearly have a different approach and focus to this particular season. Opt-outs are more prevalent than ever before. It used to just be coaches opting out to go to their next destination. Now players have caught on and do the same thing. Um, how much do you keep that in the back of your mind in terms of your projections and expectations of this matchup, particularly a team like the Oregon Ducks where Bo Nix says he will play? There's still time to change that stance. And, of course, you'll be keeping out for other guys like Franklin, the wide receiver, and some of the key linemen for Oregon as well. Yeah, it's really tough. You mentioned there, it feels like more so than ever, um, opt-outs have had a huge impact on bowl season. We've seen some really quirky results and a lot of it is around opt-outs and you you try and factor that into your projection. But you look at the the game that kicked us off, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, where most of the starting Ohio um, players on both sides of the ball were, were missing and they came out and they absolutely... Took, took it to Georgia Southern, so it's it's hard to it's hard to factor that in completely. I think we've seen a real roller coaster for bowl season. You, know? you talk about Oregon there; it does feel like Bo Nix is going to play. Um, it feels like starting running back um, Bucky Irvin, who has been, I think, consistently one of the the best running backs in college football this year, feels like he's going to play. Um, we've heard today Troy Franklin, the wide receiver out of Oregon, who. Um, has been such a huge part of their offense. He won't play. Jackson Powers-Johnson, you mentioned the offensive line, the starting center there, Jackson Powers-Johnson, easily one of the best offensive linemen in college football this season. He won't play. I think that's going to be a a huge test of just how good this Oregon offensive line is because it has clearly been one of the best offensive lines in college football. But it starts with Jackson Powers-Johnson. He won't play. There's talk about potential right tackle Johnny Cornelius, who was a transfer into Oregon for this year. He's potentially a guy who won't play as well. So that that will make a big difference to firstly how Bucky Irving can move the ball because he's he's been so good getting behind Jackson Powers Johnson this year and and really maximizing his runs, his touchdown potential behind that starting centre. So it, it will make a difference. Um they have still got loads of great talent, obviously, on that that Oregon team, and and Liberty's not without a few guys who will be missing as well. So, that that will have an impact on this game. Obviously, maybe not as much as some other games. I've just literally within the last hour finished writing up my preview for the Orange Bowl and what a, a heinous travesty of a game that might be compared to what it could have been with almost. I think it's like a good 
40 players opting out of that game and, and most of Warrior State's um, offence and defence missing. Um, so I think this game has the potential to have a, a lot more of the starting um, players for each team um, on the field on Monday afternoon. You referenced the volume of starters, and yes, the Oregon offensive line might be decimated and they're without their top wide receiver, Franklin, but as of now, they got quarterback Bo Nix and a number of other key players. How much does that make this matchup maybe one of the more intriguing ones of the New Year's Six Bowls outside of the playoff games, of course? Because you've got pretty good buy-in from both teams, which, as you noted a moment ago, that's not a given. Yeah, I do think it's it's intriguing. And, and it's intriguing on a, a multitude of levels because you look at, firstly, the, the conversation around Liberty and whether they did or didn't deserve to be the representative of the group of five in the year six. And I think, you know, we've talked about it on this show before. I very firmly believe they belong in this game. Lots of people don't. When you look at how Tulane went on at Virginia Tech, you guys talked about that earlier in the show, no doubt. Um, you look at SMU today, the AAC champion, who many people thought should be in the Fiesta Bowl rather than Tulane, and they lost to a Boston College team who have been wildly inconsistent this season. So I think Liberty absolutely deserves its place in this game. The fact that, you know, Caden Salter will be playing for Liberty and Bonix will be playing for Oregon. Of course, it adds to the intrigue. You wanted to see, you want to see the best players out on the pitch. You know, you think back to Tulane versus USC and um, the, the group of five New Year's Six representation last year. You know, USC had a good number of their starters playing. Tulane had a good number of their starters playing. Tulane had that incredible victory. You want to see, you want to see the conversation of how the group of five fits into the the whole landscape of college football. You want to see it play out to its very best. I think that's what we're going to see on Monday is is a team that who, for me, have been the best group of five team going at it against an Oregon team that have, have been right up there in the college football playoff conversation. OJ Hodgkinson, Twitter and Instagram, collegefootballnetwork.com as Oliver Hodgkinson is with us here in the fast lane. Ali, you mentioned the comparisons of last year with Tulane and USC. Um, the one difference that jumps out to me is the identity of USC is often flash, and Oregon's identity is the ability to maul and beat you up. You mentioned, though, no center and right tackle may not be available in this game. How equipped are the Ducks to work around that, whether it's the experience and expertise of Bo Nix, Dan Lanning and his background, or personnel, or maybe a combination? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. If you look at... Um how consistent and efficient this Oregon offense has been this year. Now, as we mentioned before, some of that is down to the offensive line. Um, but they've, they've been able to be incredibly efficient um, throughout the season um, with Bo Nix, who has had this incredible transformation. And, and I think Bucky Irving is um, really underrated nationally in terms of what he can do as a, as a running back. You know, this is a kid who is... It, it, almost unstoppable and you don't hear him talked about nationally in the same breath of, of, of certainly you know when you think about the 2024 NFL draft class you don't hear him talked about in the same conversation as some of those guys at the top of the class but I think he's right up there and um, I do so I do think they'll be able to um, to operate this offense to a, a, a high level you know, potentially not as high because Troy, the loss of Troy Franklin is is significant. Um, but Tez Johnson, that relationship that Tez Johnson and Bo Nix have both on and off the field is is a key part of that offensive identity uh, for Dan Lanning's team. Um, 
and has been this season. Um, so I do think you see a, a really good Oregon team, a, a full strength Oregon team. When I look at look at this game, I think from a Liberty perspective, you look at Oregon defensively as to how you can be a real contender in this game. It's, it's less about what the offense can and can't do. It's it's what can Liberty do to that Oregon um, defense. And I look at the Washington game; those two games that um, Oregon have lost this season. They were really lost against an offense that utilized a strong running game with Dylan Johnson. 100 yards in that first matchup, over 150 yards and two touchdowns in the second matchup. Who runs the ball better than Liberty this season? There's not many teams that do it. And Quinton Cooley is a guy who is kind of Dylan Johnson-esque in terms of his ability to really be physical against this physical Oregon Ducks defensive front. Oliver, a couple more questions left for you. One of them being from Liberty's side in the touch of optimism. The ability to scheme up points. Am I off base in believing that one of Liberty's greatest advantages, I don't know if they can slow down Oregon no matter what the personnel is, but Liberty should be good to get some level of offense going given how great Jamie Chabwell is and the fact that they've got a guy like Caden Salter and Quentin Cooley and even some viable pass catchers that Liberty could, if not hang in this game, at least make it a fun watch by the amount of points they could put up. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think you look at um, the the latest odds for this game, I think what the over-under is something like 67.5 uh, points. So clearly odds makers think that Liberty can hang in this game. Um, I think it's a 17-point spread, so there's a clear favoritism towards Oregon. But you don't have a 67.5-point um, line without thinking that both teams can can put up some significant points. And and this has been on Liberty all season. It doesn't matter who they've faced. It doesn't matter what defensive struggles or tests that they've had throughout this unbeaten season. You've always got that feeling that they've got enough in the tank offensively to go toe-to-toe with any defense in the country. And it, it starts with what Quinton Cooley can do in the ground game. He can really take over, dominate, drain the clock, grind out yardage, be physical, but be fast as well you always feel like there's a touchdown coming from him at some point and then you've got Caden Salter and, and what he can do with his creative mobility but also that arm talent that he possesses because I think we, we talk about how Caden Salter can create and does create and, and what he adds to that you know nation leading rushing game that Liberty has but behind all that is a kid with an arm and arm talent that can you know he can flip the ball into tight windows he can take shots downfield with um with real aplomb and, and I think you know when you have a guy like that on the centre for a team there is always that feeling of optimism and positivity and this belief that they can conjure up points should they need to and, and obviously they're going to need to against this, this Oregon offense Last question for Oliver Hodgkinson of Pro College Football Network not Pro Football Network now collegefootballnetwork.com and OJ Hodgkinson on Twitter and Instagram have you made a projection for this game and how it flows and if so what can you share about that? Actually, I'll be sitting down to write this on Saturday um, afternoon. But I think, again, like we mentioned before, it comes down to um, looking how Washington beat Oregon and how that applies to Liberty and what they can do on on the football field. And I think a few people are going to be really surprised. I don't think enough people watch Conference USA this season. Um, And I think that tells around the conversation of, of whether Liberty did or didn't deserve to be where they are. That's been a fantastic conference this season. 
Um, if you've watched Liberty, you you know um, who they are, what their offensive identity is, what they do well in terms of offense and defense. And I think there there is some parallels there that they can do that, that Washington brought to the table against against Oregon, which, you know, I'm not saying there could be a, a, a Liberty win locked on guaranteed, but I think this game will be potentially closer than... Um, than many people um, suspect. Ali, thank you for your time today in the fast lane. Much appreciated. Enjoy the bowl games the remainder of the week and beyond when we look at the national championship. And we look forward to chatting again soon. Appreciate everyone, and it's always a good time. Oliver Hodgkinson, OJ Hodgkinson, Twitter and Instagram, collegefootballnetwork.com here in the fast lane on W226BG Timberlake, WVGMA in Lynchburg, WMNA Gretna, Danville, Southside. That does it for us today. More on the matchup tomorrow in the fast lane. And keep your thoughts coming. Fast lane, Ed Lane, and Ty Tracy 90, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and where you listen to podcasts.